so basically if you're just fully ketotic all the time you're you're saying that hey uh you have to avoid so many things in the environment to maintain constant therapeutic ketosis. Therefore, your social interactions change. Your view of the world changes. Your whole mind of yourself in the universe changes. So, so uh, uh, you know, this is a, a very... In what way? Is it because like, your social interactions are limited? Because, yeah, you can't really go out and have a beer on Friday night and not have a beer and pizza because that's going to kick you out of ketosis. Yes. But it's, but it's, it's almost, it's almost, yeah, it's almost like anorexia. You have to be very, very careful because the anorectic mind has now changed. Uh, sure. the, the person has lost, uh, a sense of reality. You know, right. it, why the only reason we would be in a sustained therapeutic, sustained ketosis in the past is because we were starving. Uh, right. uh, and nobody wants to be in this, in this state. Okay. We were not there because we wanted to be, we were there because, because this was the situation. All right. 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 That doesn't mean that to visit the zone periodically is extremely healthy for the body. How right. many people living in there? We have an obesity epidemic. Yeah. All right. These people are not in therapeutic ketosis. Right. I mean, they're, they're overfilling their energy reserves all the time. I yeah. think it's like the opposite problem that we have today. Yeah. That's why you see all these metabolic syndromes, yeah. diabetes, yeah. potentially Alzheimer's. Yeah. yeah. What do you think of Alzheimer's as a metabolic condition? Oh, absolutely. You, it's, it's the reverse of cancer. As a matter of fact, the NCI had a, had a uh, provocative question they put out for people to get grant money on. How come people with Alzheimer's disease have a lower risk of cancer? This is an interesting huh. thing. So we looked into this, and one of my students in the class uh, pointed out that uh, many people who have Alzheimer's are hypometabolic. They have fewer glucose transporters on the surface of their cell. So if glucose mm -hmm. drives cancer and you're not making the, the, the door for the glucose to get in, that cell's not gonna become a tumor cell. Or right. if it is, it's not gonna huh. grow fast. So. And your brain starts to shrivel up because you're not getting the energy that you need. Exactly. So you, neurons are dying. That's right. Yeah. And so they can't get energy, and they die. They can't. They they they, they can't. Uh, it, so you use ketones now, but you have exactly. to do it early on. You can't take someone who has Alzheimer's disease and say, "Hey, okay, we'll put you in therapeutic ketosis." That poor guy lost half his neurons anyway. You're not gonna you're not right. gonna raise the dead. You're not gonna bring dead neurons back to life. You, you might be able to rescue some on the fringe, but you're not regenerating a ton, yes. right? So so the way to, to uh, delay on, on Alzheimer's disease is you start this like when you're at your age, right? What you're doing right. now, I'd be shocked. I don't know if I'll live to see you get to be really that old, <laughs> but, but I would be shocked if you got Alzheimer's disease if you're fasting as much as you're doing, right? Yeah. It just doesn't make, I, I would be shocked if that were. You're delaying the onset of Alzheimer's disease by doing what you're doing. And you're also right. reducing the risk for cancer, type two right. diabetes, cardiovascular disease, Right. This is not good news to the pharmaceutical industry. You don't want to be doing this kind of stuff. <laughs> You're trying to make yeah, no, I, I think that's like one thing that we've realized that just like how exercise yeah. has been baked into, you know, basically when we move from in, you know, the farms to the factories to office intellectual jobs, we started losing more and more of physical exercise in our daily re regimens. Yeah. That's why sensible people today go to the gym. We have to reinstall yeah. working out back into the normal lifestyle yeah and eating hasn't changed and it's like we need to like we've always have gone through feast and famine cycles as you mentioned we've you know in starvation periods feast and famine cycles and now we have constant consumption oh yeah we need to reinstall fasting yeah and, and thinking about therapeutic or, yeah. or nutritional ketosis right. uh back into the system so i think it's like i hope that within the next few you know five years hopefully communities like ourselves mm -hmm. 
you know, intellectuals, academics like yourself are really out there being like, hey, we should shift how culture well, thinks about we, all of this. Yeah, but we just, all we can do is present the evidence. We can't force people to do this. You know, let, let's be honest. We can't just go, hey, you, you, you can't be, you shouldn't be there eating that big piece of chocolate cake. You know, the, the, why not? Why not? I, I think that's like one thing that we do with our, like we have a community called WeFast. Yeah. And I think we realize that social proof, social pressure really helps people reinforce the behavior. Oh, yeah. The first time I did fasting, it was, with my colleagues at, at Nutribox, it was like, hey, this sounds kind of interesting. It sounds kind of nuts, but it was kind of like a fun challenge that we would all do it together. Yeah. And then the, the camaraderie helped us sustain that rhythm. And now like we have tens of thousands of people fasting with us. And I think it's like, so like, I think perhaps it's like folks like us being like, hey, yeah. don't eat that donut, like fast instead. I'm happy to call people out because I think people well, need to be I, I, kind of I, shaken. Yeah, I'm not, I, I don't like to call people out. I think everybody <laughs> should have their own, uh, you know, I think it should be self-obvious, but I, it's like the cigarette industry. You know, people smoke cigarettes for a lot of different reasons. Yeah, it's not healthy for them. Um, right. And people come to realize that, you know, the culture, the culture has changed with yep. cigarette smoking. It's much less yep. today than it was, uh, you know, 30 years ago for, for sure. But, you know, and, and lung cancer has dropped a little bit uh, as the result of this. But lung yep. cancer will always be the most uh, common cancer. Because we breathe in air and there's dirt in the air. We're going to get, we're going to, the lung is exposed directly to the environment. Our kidneys aren't, but our lungs are. So mm -hmm. um, lung cancer will always be the top form of cancer. Uh, and it's going to come from just the fact that we breathe air every day. But right. um, yeah, no, I'm not into, I like people to come to, come to this realization uh, on their own. Um, now, of course, there's peer pressure. Uh, yep. There's peer pressure to also go and, you know, eat, eat a big muffin. And let's go to let's go to Starbucks and get a nice cup of coffee and a and a big jelly filled donut. You know, there's a, every now and then somebody likes that peanut butter jelly sandwich. Give me a right. break. What are you going to say? Don't eat that peanut butter. I'm going to beat you over the head. No, 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 but, but, I th but I think it's the it, that's the standard cultural programming. Right. There's yeah. a very there's a very clear incentive for these corporations to market like, hey, eat that, you know, big bowl of sugary. Yeah, coffee. I, I'm, I think those are other issues that I I right. personally have not gotten into you know right. our, our focus here is, is is to manage cancer all right that's my that's my key focus all yeah. the other stuff if you want to stay healthy and you want to do fasting and you want to do this and you want to do that you know that's all wonderful and great and it helps you yes it will prevent cancer there's no question about it you can't get cancer unless your mitochondria are damaged mm -hmm. if you're fasting and and in therapeutic ketosis your mitochondria get very very healthy so right. clearly it, it's a powerful prevention of cancer yes right just like if I don't smoke, it's, it's, it, it reduces my risk. But going to therapeutic fasting is just not only reducing your risk, it's, it's preventing you from getting the disease. It's not, right. it's not even you know, reducing your risk. It's, it is reducing your risk, but it's also uh, acting as a, as, a, as a bulk work against getting the disease. Right. But you know, most people, that's good if they have that level of, 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 of desire. But you know, most people, they get cancer, they come to me and go, what are you going to do for me now? I have the disease. Oh, yes, right. I know I should have been fasting like you do. But I didn't do that. I'm sorry. Please don't, you know, don't. Right. I, I'm, now I have the disease. What are you going to do for me? Well, now we're going to give you metabolic therapy. And we're going okay. to put you into the same therapeutic ketosis. But we can't cure cancer using diet alone. Right. The diet is a powerful tool that will put you on the road to management and recovery. But that right. diet has to be worked together with drugs and procedures that all come together synergistically to right. kill the tumor cells. 
Right. So what is Professor Siegfried's protocol? So you have obvious, I mean, yep. beyond like, we, obviously there's a clearly an index. You mentioned a couple of drugs. Yeah. What is like the full protocol? The full protocol, we just published that. Uh, it came out, it's called Press Pulse, a novel okay. therapeutic strategy for the metabolic management of cancer. Myself, Dominic D'Agostino, uh, George Yu, an oncologist, and uh, Dr. Joe Maroon, a neurosurgeon from the University of Pittsburgh, are the, are the authors on this paper. And basically what we do is we, we press pulse is a very interesting uh, concept that comes from the, the area of paleobiology. And uh, we had these enormous extinctions of organisms uh, throughout Earth's history. But these extinctions only occurred when two very unlikely events came together, uh, coincided. One was a chronic stress on the on the communities of organisms, killed off a lot, but it, it was there was some hardy ones, and the other was a, an acute stress like a meteor strike or or some something like this, and it was only when the climate change and the meteor strike coincided together that it led to mass extermination uh, of all the organisms. So we use that same strategy to to kill cancer cells. So we put the body in therapeutic ketosis, which is a chronic stress. And then we use drugs and procedures that coincide with the with the diet to eliminate and destroy the tumor cells because they have all these genetic mutations, which make them not non-flexible. They're not hardy and tough. They're on the edge of being exterminated anyway. They're just using so much glucose and glutamine to protect themselves against all the they're throwing at them. So we remove their shield, put the whole body in this new therapeutic state, and then we use hyperbaric oxygen instead of radiation. And then we use all of these other low doses. So what is what is hyperbaric oxygen for? To, hyperbaric to oxygen is when a person sits in a, a usually a, a a room or mostly it's it, it's like a small chamber, and right. it's under pressure, two point five atmospheres at one hundred percent oxygen, and what that does is it, it dissolves oxygen directly into the into the blood. Not only not only does the, the your blood cells carry oxygen, but you can dissolve oxygen directly into the blood. Okay. Right. So when you kill cancer cells by radiotherapy or toxic chemicals, you try to kill them by creating reactive oxygen species, ROS, and that right. blows up the cancer cells, right? But you also damage your normal cells using radiation yep. in these drugs, right? It's like, it's like the free radicals, basically. You free have radicals. all these free radicals yes. floating around. Yes. So what we do is we transition the whole body off to ketones, which protects all of the normal cells against radical damage. Yep. So all of our normal cells put up a shield and the yep. tumor cells now are totally vulnerable because you've removed their shield and taken away their fuels for growth. And now you right. dissolve oxygen in there under pressure. What do you think is going to happen? Interesting. And then also like Slaughter. normal cells can use ketones and oxygen. Yeah. But again, as you mentioned, cancer cells cannot use no, oxygen no. because they ferment. So all their fuel is gone. You're fueling your healthy cells. Well, they, they're, they're, they're dysfunctional mitochondria make a lot of ROS. And the, right. the, but their ROS were that they were protected by burning glucose and glutamine, their, okay. they, which which builds up their antioxidant profile. So what I'm right. doing is uncovering their shield, and then forcing oxygen in there, and exploding them. It's a slaughter. It's a magnificent slaughter, but restricted only to the tumor cells. And your normal cells are burning those ketones in the presence of oxygen and getting super healthy. It's yeah. elegant. It's magnificent. It's beautiful. Who's doing it? No one. <laughs> that's the, that's the sad part. Who's do you go down and tell Dana Farber about doing something like this? They're going to look at you with. They're going to think you're nuts. I mean, is there any 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 clinics that are looking at that? Like like talk, I'm sure there's people that are, you know forward thinking doctors yeah. being you know looking at this and, and, and saying, hey, this actually 
might make sense. I want to treat my patients it, it, this way. Yeah, insurance companies won't pay for it. So, huh. uh, I mean, you have to realize all this. There's a whole bunch of yeah, fuck, yeah, a lot of crap. You know, you have to walk. So, so there, here's the insurance company will allow you to use hyperbaric oxygen only to rebuild your body after being uh, nuked. All right. So your body is like all torn up by being irradiated. But right. after to, to correct your body and help your body heal from the radiation, the insurance company will pay for you to sit in a hyperbaric oxygen chamber. But they will that's not really pay, funny. They will not pay to use the hyperbaric oxygen to kill the tumor cells beforehand. <laughs> that, that's interesting. And it's very silly that you have insurance companies being the middleman for treatment. Yeah. It, it, it's, a, it's a strange system that the insurance oh, companies are now dictating practice rather than the doctors oh, no. themselves. It's absurd. It's uh, everybody's back slapping. You know, it, yeah. it's, a, it's a it's a beautiful system for a payment and for services and all kinds of stuff. And uh, but what's the ultimate goal here? The ultimate goal is to resolve the disease. All right. Yep. And we want to do it without harming the patient. Yeah. Everybody talks the talk. Nobody walks the walk. All right? right. You can walk the walk if your interest is in saving lives. Do you right. want to reduce suffering? Do you want people to get healthy? Do you want to manage their disease in a, in a, in a logical, rational way? And if the right. answer is no, then we must continue to do what we're doing. Right. And if the answer is yes, they're going to throw you out because it's not going to be profitable. Right. You know? No, it's interesting. So I'm sure there are uh, wealthy individuals that are probably just paying out of pocket to do this. But how do we, you know, what, what's, what, you know, what, what can we do here's to, what, here's uh, what we have, what can we, what, what's the, what's the upside? What, what can we do? Here's the craziness. You have a lot of wealthy philanthropists, right? right? That give hundreds of millions of dollars to these cancer centers to do the same stupid thing they've been doing for the last 50 years. Now they're calling it immunotherapy. Oh boy, right. it's the hottest thing now. You see Optivo, you want to live longer. Look at the TV at night. Guy's driving down the street and he sees the word on the side of a skyscraper. Oh, I'm going to go and take that. And he takes that. That has a better chance of killing you than curing you, right? It blows out your immune system. It, it causes you to have diabetes. Do all these horrible things. You get one or two people that live longer and they say, hey, look, at, look, you can live longer with this thing. You don't right. realize the adverse effects. So I don't know, one of these guys from Netflix gave a quarter of a billion dollars to look at this immunotherapy. And then the moonshot, okay, Joe Biden's moonshot, $100 million into immunotherapy. Take the money, put it in a capsule, and send it to the moon because it's not going to do anything for the people on this planet. Yeah. The absurdity of what we're doing, government and pharmaceutical industries and top medical schools, it makes absolutely no sense, all this right. And then we have people donating millions of dollars to the Cancer Genome Project, bringing and spending all this money for Watson, the big computer, uh, the big blue uh, Watson to come in and try to tell them what all these mutations mean. This right. is the blind leading the blind. This is, as I said, it's the it's going to go down as the greatest singular fiasco in the history of medicine. Once the dust settles on the, what we've done to these poor cancer patients over right. the last 50 and 60 years, in, in, in time, when we look back, and I'll not be here, but people will look back and they say, this is the greatest singular fiasco in the history of medicine. Being treated with all yeah. crazy things when we could have easily done this other metabolic therapy right. uh, and saved all these lives and 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 reduced suffering uh, in such a profound way. I have no right. doubt that if we instituted metabolic therapy, we would drop the death rate in cancer by fifty percent in five years. That's a prediction that would absolutely happen. And you can take that to the bank. And I don't care what anybody says. I have the evidence to say that that's what's going to happen. And right. find out, well, who's going to do that? All right. And you can't get money to do these things. They're, they're supporting all these other nonsensical things. Right. So, so yeah, what do you think? Like, do you th I, I mean, it sounds like by speaking out, 
educating more and more people, we might have a title shift between funding sources and all of that. Hopefully, is that what you see as the upside here? Like you keep you keep basically doing the good work you're doing, you know, communicating, educating people, and eventually the data speaks for itself. I mean, that's I, I, our hope. It's and I think- very hard to get money to do this kind of research. You know, uh, we depend on on the contributions of small societies. The federal government is not into this. Okay, the pharmaceutical companies are not into this. I mean, what are you talking about here? You're talking about right. managing a disease uh, with with little revenues, and right. and uh, you know, you're 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 you're. This is definitely against the dogma. This is so. Get funds like this. You know, we have to go begging. You know, um, and and try to try to get money to do work on ketogenic diets uh from from the federal government right right it, it's it's not it's not part of you go to the website of the national cancer institute that our tax dollars are supporting and they say right. cancer is a genetic disease right all right so what does that mean that means i've got to be throwing massive amounts of money into immunotherapies and all these other different special drugs that are going to stop dna replication right. all this kind of nonsense you know um and, and this is where all the money's going so right. we're, we're running why don't you ask these people who are running for breast cancer, stand up to cancer, run for breast cancer. What are they doing with all that money? It's going to immunotherapy and genetic, genetic drugs. Right. Right. It's not going to metabolic therapy. Yeah. Yeah. They should demand that that money goes to metabolic therapy. Yeah. I mean, it's a big, it's a big, I mean, yeah, the corporate incentives are just, it's big system, right? Like 30% of government spending is healthcare. And, and oftentimes it sounds like it's being kind of wasted on, on useless, on, on, on it keeps wasted. the economy going. It's not wasted right. because we're supporting a lot of people's jobs. Right. Okay, that those they buy cars, they build houses, you know, they buy furniture, they buy appliances yeah. from the money that they're getting. So obviously, it's contributing to the success right. of the economy. So we, that's right. why we say we look at cancer patients as a contributor to the growth of the American economy. Right. Yeah, and, 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 and it's, I know it's a terrible thing to say, but basically that. But it's true. Yeah, I think people are, are don't tease away the, the basically like the health. How do we actually save people versus how do we you know let, generate let me, revenues? Let, let me give you an example. We had a situation, the AIDS epidemic, and I'm sure you are aware of that. And it, it, it sprang out of the movements in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in the in the eighties, in the mid eighties, people were, who had AIDS were dying from AIDS. AIDS was people were dying in large numbers from AIDS, right? Okay, what happened? Why did we cure AIDS or, or, or drop the death rate uh, massively in such a short period of time? Because the gay community is so tightly organized. They marched on Washington with the urns of the ashes of their loved ones. And they spread those ashes on the White House lawn. They laid down in the middle of the street. Whoa, and within a year, AIDS is like, what's going on here? Who is marching on Washington to, for the cancer epidemic? nobody okay because we got breast cancer they think it's different from brain cancer they think it's different from lung cancer it's the same disease they're well they feel like they're doing that already with like the the breast cancer runs yeah that the the energy is being channeled in the wrong way yes totally totally the all the all the tribes need to get together the brain cancer tribe and the breast cancer tribe and the lung cancer tribes all the tribes need to get together because it's all the same disease Right. They still use glucose and glutamine, whether you're a brain or a colon or a bladder, right. cancer. You're using the same fuels. Metabolic therapy will demolish all of these cancers equally. Right. It's an equal destroyer of cancer cells. doesn't right. make any difference what organ. So, so I'm, I'm curious. So why does it affect – okay, so what are the differences to have it affect the lungs first versus the brain first versus uh, the pancreas? So you know, 
why does it occur in different organs? Well, because we each, so you have to say to yourself, what goes on in these organs, right? So sure. you get a pancreatic cancer, so the spread. Now there's a met metastasis is a, another issue. Right. Okay. Uh, metastatic cells are derived from macrophages. All right. So what happens right. is you get a bunch of cells in a particular organ and they right. start proliferating because right. their energy metabolism is altered. And they're going back to the alpha period and they're proliferating. We have immune cells in our body that sense this. They say, what's going on here? They see some cells proliferating. So we have uh, immune cells like macrophages and, and leukocytes, and they come in, their job is to put out the fire and try to and say, what's going on? So they put, drug, they put um, growth factors to heal the wound. That's like throwing gasoline at a fire. They're doing their genetically programmed activity in the wrong context. So what happens, these cells grow even faster. So to, to put out the fire more, some of these cells fuse with these other cells. They're fusogenic. Now, when you say uh, cancer spreads, it's okay, you had a breast tumor, the poor woman has breast cancer, and now all of a sudden it's in her lymph nodes, and it's in her lung, and it's in her liver, and it's in her brain. Where the hell did that come from? Those cells that are fusing, macrophages patrol our body in our bloodstream. And what happens is they exit and enter the bloodstream all the time to try to repair things. But when you corrupt that cell, it now does that, except it spreads all over. It's dysregulated. The macrophages are, 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 are militia in our body, okay? Right. They patrol our body, kill bacteria, they make ourselves healthy. It's, they're like the Marine Corps. They're either your best friend or your worst enemy. Okay. And when they become corrupted, you've got metastatic cancer. And, and then you're throwing all these things at these, and they love glutamine, and they love glucose. Yeah, how do you spread the mitochondrial damage? So the, if you have a corrupted a macrophage, how does that, so like if it's starting in the brain or whatnot, yeah. and I, it moves to the pancreas. Yeah. Uh, how, how does a macrophage transfer? Is, is it the mitochondria? Yeah, yeah you, have, you, have, you have proliferating cells that can't metastasize. They're right. growing, they're growing, but they can't spread. Right. But the right. macrophage is already genetically programmed to do all that stuff. Yep. So it fuses, and now it, its energy metabolism becomes corrupted. It goes back to the alpha period. Like the mitochondria trade back and forth, maybe? Like, or, that, or is it like... You've got to be careful. Macrophage versus mitochondria. Macrophage okay. is the immune cell. But right. the mitochondria are the energy generators in within the cell itself. Yeah. yeah. So when those when those energy generators get corrupted, this cell now becomes crazy. But this so when but so basically when it fuses, some of the mitochondria well, shift into the yes yes okay okay yes. that's what I was asking yes. about. There's a dilution. Okay. So you okay. start diluting the normal mitochondria with the abnormal mitochondria. Create and then it picks up the bad mitochondria, yes. and fuses somewhere else, yes. and it shifts. Okay. Yes. Okay. And a cell that's genetically programmed to spread throughout your whole body. Okay. And they're tough to kill, baby. I tell you, they're tough to kill. But we know what they eat. And when you know what right. they eat, you can kill them. Right. <laughs> it's a beautiful game. You know, I'll tell you, when you understand the biology of the disease, it's so elegant how you can kill these cells without harming the rest of the body. Once yeah. you know. But when you go down to the top medical schools, they don't know anything about this. And if they do, they say, well, well it's not well established. Because they don't read the literature. If they read the right. literature and studied this thing, they'd say, oh, my God, this is what we should be doing. <laughs> yeah, I have a lot of folks that have gone through medical school in medical school right now. I mean, I think they're very much trained within a system, right? They're very rarely being taught the basic biochemistries of all these diseases. It's more like, okay, this is a condition. These are like the state of art treatments, and, and they have like four hours of nutrition yeah. across well, all of medical school. Well, don't forget, nutrition is not the issue here, and this is what a lot right. Of right. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah nutrition is a side effect. Yes, but I think like the, the like the like the core fundamental biochemistry yeah. of why. Yeah. Uh, there's dysfunction within these cancer cells. I mean, it sounds like, yeah, it's not from a genetic mutation necessarily. That's 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 a second. That's like a, 
uh, approximate cause the yeah. primal cause of yeah. metabolic. I, yeah, I, I think you have to. You know, it's it's a it, it's a complicated situation. Right. Um, it, the, but there's a path. There's a clear path to the resolution. Uh, you just have people just have to know about it. Uh, right. They they have to adjust. They have to adjust and adapt to what they're doing. And and then I'm I'm sure that this whole system, this whole situation would be remarkably improved. Uh, it's just that how are you going to do it? You know, right. um, what are you going to do? Go out and scream at the top of the roof? I put <laughs> as many papers as I can. People right. read the literature. They can come to their own decisions about this. There's a lot of there's still a lot of controversy about right. it. But, you know, it's 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 based on hard evidence. So yeah. I think people need to know about this. Yeah. What's the best way our listeners and our community can learn more about your work? I mean, or any other projects that we can help support? And please well, feel free to shout out some I, of the current I, I things think, you're working on right now. I think the best, you know, Tra Travis Christofferson has set up a foundation called Single Cause, Single Cure Foundation. And it was based on his book, uh, uh, the best-selling Amazon book, Tripping Over the Truth, The Metabolic Theory of Cancer. Right. And his book is getting a lot of rave reviews. He's He took... Uh, what I wrote, uh, which was very technical and deep, and he went out to uh, interview scientists, geneticists, and people at these different universities to hear what they had to say. And he basically came to the conclusion that cancer is, in fact, a metabolic disease. And why don't people know about this? So he right. set up a foundation to support this kind of research. And people have been making contributions. It's the only foundation uh, one of the only, I think George Yu has a small foundation down in, in, in but uh, that's dedicated specifically to metabolic therapy for cancer. You don't find that at the NCI or any of these right. other places. And if they right. do, you'd say, oh, yes, we support a lot of cancer metabolism. It's genes that control the metabolism, not the metabolism controlling the genes. Right. And it's also, how do you uh, how do you resolve are we going to spend another 200 years figuring out how, how uh, one gene is turned on or off by, by a glucose or a glutamine? Why don't we just resolve the disease and then we can worry about those things later? Right. right? People think you can't, you can't resolve, oh, cancer is so complicated, it's going to take us 100 years. That's nonsense. This disease can be managed very quickly, very shortly, in a, in a right. very short period of time. If they adapted press pulse therapies that I open access Anyone can go to the literature. Anyone can go on, online and read the paper for themselves. It's open access. Just go online and read it. Press Pulse, Novel Therapeutic Strategy for the Metabolic Management of Cancer. Lays it out right there. And my physicians yeah. in different countries that are not yoked by the medical establishment, have more flexibility, are proving that that is a way to resolve cancer. Or at least re reduce death quickly, keep people alive in a very high state of health. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for the time. I mean, is there any other sort of last ideas or thoughts? I think we have covered good ground around, um, you know, your theories, your, your evidence yeah. and your trajectory. Um, I, I was also just curious, how did you even, what, what, what was your story around breaking through the dogma? I, I think it's from a personal level. I mean, uh, you, you were very much educated in the same doctrines as everyone else. What was the different, you know, why, well, why I, were you the one to call out the, call out the system? Well, I can call the system out because I have a I have a, a, a tenured position, and and <laughs> uh, and that's why people say, "Oh, get rid of these tenured people." Uh, don't forget President Nixon; he said the worst thing that he dealt with were tenured professors, because <laughs> you have a, you have a voice, you have a position, right. and then you can make these uh, comments uh, about, and you you come to a realization in your own life, and when you have the opportunity to see things don't make sense, and what people are doing. And you have an opportunity to say something about this right. without losing your job.
because if you're at a medical school and your job depends on you getting the next grant and that grant is depending on cancer as a genetic disease, what are you going to say? It's not a genetic yeah. disease. You lose your grant, you lose your job. Yep. Right. So it's you're, you're yoked into the system. You yeah. can't speak out because if you speak out, you're going to be eliminated. Yeah. Right. So 100%. I, I don't have to worry about that. You know? <laughs> but what was the initial insight? I mean, just to even like go down oh, this path. No, no, no. It took years to come to this this realization. It's so just, you were just like looking at the space like, why is this? Why? Why is all our resources not working? And it just no, well, slowly. No, no. We worked in epilepsy for years. We were working with ketogenic okay. diets. We knew, okay. we knew the concepts of the diets. We knew okay. what was happening physiologically. We were studying tumor. We were studying uh, lipids and cancer. You know, okay. we were studying. I developed some of the best animal models for metastatic cancer that exist. I mean, right. the tools that we developed allowed us to see things that others weren't able to see. I see. Okay, so it's a it's a constellation of a lot of things coming together that required um, decades of of right. observation. Okay, three to five decades. Of, of me looking at things, okay? Right. So, and having all these other uh, convergences. And then you come to this realization that this whole system uh, is upside down. And then, and you're obligated to say something about it because you right. know, and then you have hard evidence to support what you're saying, okay? Yep. You've done experiments to substantiate and validate what you're saying. People need to know about this. You yep. test those on humans and you get the same thing you see in the mouse. Okay, why don't we do it to a large number of people? So right. then you're up against all these brick walls and firewalls, and the, then you're up against policy and institutions and this kind of thing. Right. And then you find yourself where we are today. So we know what the solution is. We know how to do it. But the system, the way it sits today, doesn't allow it. Yeah, hopefully, you know, folks in Silicon Valley, in our community, with broad platforms that are just more forward-thinking, I think, with um, hopefully we can, you know, help push this message out there because I think, you know, I, you know, I, I, we, I fast personally, right. And a lot of the basis of that is based on a lot of your research and your understanding of why this could potentially help me, you know, down the, down the line. So I think it's, 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 it's a moving trend. And I think we have responsibility as people that are a little bit ahead of like disseminating this knowledge to really spread it out to, to everyone. Cause I think it can help every, I mean, it helps, it will help everyone if people were more thoughtful at the very least about, uh, their everyday behaviors and how to treat these conditions. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right about that. And, and I think that uh, you're just doing it because you understood what was happening to as a prevention level and you've experienced this. Right. But when you're when you don't so many people are not in your position and they're diagnosed with cancer and they go and they go to the top UCSF or wherever they're expecting to be treated by people that actually understand the nature of the disease. Right. They're scared. They want to listen to an expert and they're, like, they're not going to overthink it because they're scared. They're scared to die. Yeah. 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 So, and unfortunately they're given uh, these pancreatic cancer people and brain cancer and they're just being mistreated and, yep. uh, and it's, and it's mistreated by the system, not, not coming to the realization of what the biology of the disease is. Absolutely. So, so um, and that's where it is. It's a very frustrating situation because I can see what's going on. It's very clear to me. So, you know, it's like, you know what, you know what's going on. You know how to solve the problem. And yet, and yet people aren't doing it. <laughs> Let's all work together to help change it. I mean, I think that's like what we put up the good fight for. Yeah. Appreciate your time. Okay. I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. That was a really fun conversation with Professor Siegfried. Um, he definitely was one of the seminal thinkers that I started reading and getting to understand as I was developing my own personal protocols for biohacking and optimizing my metabolic potential uh, to prevent disease and also to be a more optimal human being. Um, 
I think especially with our research into new products and new areas, especially with exogenous ketones, um, I think that there's a lot of synergy uh, for prevention of cancer as well as optimization. So um, stay tuned. I'd love to bring them out to San Francisco and, and do a meet and greet with you know listeners like yourself. Um, so you know, stay tuned. A lot of interesting updates on ketones as well as uh, conferences and meetups with some of the awesome guests that we've been bringing on in the last few episodes. Uh, as always, uh, send me any questions or concerns or just even topic ideas or, or guest re requests. Uh, we have pretty good access to talk to some of the best people in, in the world. Uh, and we love uh, you know, asking your questions to these luminaries. Um, and if we ask a question that we do cover on, 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 on the show, we'll send you a free thinking cap. Uh, so as always, you can find us on Apple, uh, iTunes Store. You can find us on SoundCloud, YouTube, and Google Play. Until next time, this is Jeff Wu checking out. Peace. <laughs>